Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Hey, welcome to Thrive. Hey, I am so glad that you are joining us today for this time together uh, where we can dive into God's word and really see what he has to say. And I believe as we do that it will help you. It will help me as to thrive with God. And as you thrive in your relationship with God, no, you're going to thrive in life. Hey, welcome to everybody who calls Thrive home. If that's you, why not just put a high emoji praise hands in the comments? Woo woo. Uh, I see that hand. I see that hand. Um, also, hey, if you are new here, if you are just joining us or you've been checking us out a few times, hey, I am so glad that you are here as well. Know there is a place for you. You belong here. We are all about Jesus, doing life together, loving each other with the love of God, and as well, helping each other thrive with God. Because if you thrive with God, then that will go to every other area of life. You will thrive in life. So uh, I'm so glad you are here. I'm really looking forward to this, uh, the message series that we have planned. And uh, I believe that uh, if you lean into it uh, and take hold of the, uh, the truth and biblical principles, um, I believe it will bring freedom, peace, give you an elevated God perspective and enable you to walk in the life that Jesus tells us that he has for us, a life and life to the full. Um, because he says that he's come to give you life and life to the full, a quality life, to live a quality life. And for some, I believe this series, I'm really believing this series, um, as you lean in and apply it, it will actually change the trajectory of where you are going in life so that you can press forward into that upward call of God that he has for you because God has a purpose. You are here for a reason. God has got good plans for you. Now, we are starting a series today called this, Money Matters, a practical look at what, how God says to manage money. Money Matters, a practical look at what God says about managing money. Now, as Christians, we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Paul says, the Apostle Paul, he says, it is good for instruction, correction, and living the life that God has called us to live. And this includes in the area of our finances and managing money. So we're going to be taking a very practical look at, uh, at money matters and what God says of how we are to handle it and manage it. And uh, there'll be something at the end of every message that is practical and applicable that you can apply right away after the message. And hey, if you are already applying and practicing these things that we're talking about in the messages, let these messages be an encouragement to you to keep going. Come on, keep going. You're doing good. And you know what? I, I actually intentionally chose to, to do this series in February, uh, to talk about this series in February. Now, oftentimes in February, um, many people do a series on relationships, right? Valentine's Day, love, right? And, and, but I wanted to deal with a relationship that every single person has, whether you are single, married, widowed, uh, no matter if you're young, old, uh, whatever age stage you are, you have a relationship with money. 
how you relate, how you view money, uh, and will impact how you manage your money, how you handle your money, and will, uh, will shape the habits, your financial habits. And your habits will either, con- will either control you or they will put you in control. Your habits will control you or they will put you in control. So how you handle money and your financial habits can actually be destructive and destroying your life, those in your life, and actually destroy the purpose of God that he has for you. It can cause great stress and pressure. It can cause emotional anxiety. Like, (gasps) it can actually limit your future or being able to even dream the God dreams that he's put in your heart. It can impact your relationships in your lives. One of the top reasons people get divorces is actually for financial or money reasons. You know, it could impact the relationship with your kids. You're there with your kids, but you're not there because you're thinking about the bills, the debt, the pressure, and you're there, you're there, but you're not there, right? It can even impact how much you allow Jesus to be Lord in your life. What areas you allow him to be Lord of your life. I want to give you attention, God, but I keep, my attention keeps being pulled away by, by these, by the bills, by the, by what is pulling me financially away, or I'm not able to give as my heart says I want to give. Man, our church is generous, but I know there's people who they want to give. They want to give as God says, Hey, reflect his nature of generosity, but yet the financial pressures and habits limit how you can operate and how God has called you to be. I want to support others. But now on the flip side, on the other hand, how you handle your money and financial habits can actually be constructive. They can build your life, build those, the life of those around you and actually enable you to walk in the purpose and call that God has for you. So that you can be in a place of peace, even in the midst of where there's some financial pressure. That when things in life happen, you have financial margin, so you are not in a life crisis. You know, being able to be present with your family and friends. Able to live a life of radical generosity that God has for you and has for I. And be a shiny reflection of his character, which is one of a giving, loving God. To be a kingdom builder. To live a quality life. And as Jesus said, that life that he has come to give you. And what's great is we don't have to come up with a brainstorming session We don't have to pull out the digital whiteboard. We don't need to zoom and pull out the digital whiteboard and say, okay, who has ideas? How can we do this? Uh, uh, uh. We actually don't have to try and figure it out on our own, uh, how to have healthy habits and manage our money and what our relationship with money should be. God actually has put it in his word of how we can live the life, the rich quality and satisfying life that Jesus talks about, that he has come to give us. So I want to encourage you in this series. Yeah, this is just the intro. In this series, to grab something, grab a pen, a paper, maybe get out of your normal routine of like, oh, this is good. Grab and actually lean in with your faith. And, and because this could be the start 
of you walking in the plans and purposes that God has for you financially. This could be the start where you look back and say, February 2021 is where I started operating how God has called and designed for me. And now I feel freedom in this area. Let's pray before we get into it. God, I just thank you that uh, as we dive into your word, Father, I thank you for wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I thank you, God, that you care about us, about the big details, the small details, and that you have a higher way of operating and living. And you have invited us in to operate as you operate and operate as you've called us to. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the title of my message today is this, is who told you that? Who told you that? Now, I said it's going to be practical too, so I also have a practical title. And the practical title is this, raise the quality of life through discipline. Raise the quality of life through discipline. So it's the beginning of the series. So let's take it right back to the beginning, the, the book of beginnings, Genesis. And we're going to take it right back to creation. So God creates the earth, the sky, animals, ground. It is awesome. He says it's good. Then he creates man. He breathes his breath, his spirit into man. He comes to life and God says it is very good. And God places Adam in a garden, in a garden that God had planted and he places him in this place of paradise where there's trees, rivers, there's animals. It is, the Bible gives a description of that. It is a beautiful paradise of a place. And there, Adam's job and later Eve's job is this, is to tend and take care of, be a steward of the garden. Now in Genesis 2 verse 15 says this, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So then after this, God creates Eve because he says it is not good for people to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Man, right from the beginning, we were designed for community. So he creates uh, Adam and Eve and their purpose is to tend then look after the garden that God had planted and given them. It was God's garden, but they got to be stewards of it. And you know, for me, this sounds like an amazing job. Now, like I really, I enjoy gardening. Uh, it's February. I already bought dirt to like start seedlings. I'm starting them this week. Yeah. Okay. Too much information, but it sounds like a great job, but they can now they can eat Adam and Eve. They can eat whatever they want from any tree. They can roam around and the Bible describes how beautiful it is, how tranquil it is, how everything they need was in the garden. I would say their quality of life was very high. They had a great, a high quality of life. Now, as we read in the, in the Bible, uh, as the only tree that they could not eat was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One tree center of the garden. Don't eat this tree. Now this would have taken some serious discipline not to eat from that one tree. 
right? Like if someone wants to put a Skittle in front of me and say, just, I don't need the Skittle. That's that, uh, you know, I would have to, I'd need some discipline. I'm working on it. Um, I will after this message too, but, um, but they had to have discipline, right? That there is one tree that they could not eat. And this very tree, the part of their job was to tend the garden. Now they weren't supposed to touch, they were not allowed to touch the fruit or eat it, but I believe that they were tending the garden. So that means they probably would have actually even tended that tree, looked after that tree, but they could not eat from that tree. Uh, and so as long as they had discipline to God's word, as long as they had disciplined themselves to God word, not to eat from that tree, they actually had a very high quality of life. They had a very high quality of life. Now, later in the garden, a snake comes, comes to them. In Genesis 3, verse 1, it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals uh, the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So the serpent right here, what he's saying is the serpent saying, you need this fruit to have a better life. You need this fruit to have a better life. You are missing out. You are missing out and you need this fruit to have a better life. You know, there was FOMO, fear of missing out, even right from the beginning of time. Um, and the light, the snake was saying, the life you're living right now is lacking. You need more this fruit to have a better life. Now, Adam and Eve, uh, they bought into the lie and they ate the fruit. And the Bible says as soon as they ate the fruit, that they were all of a sudden ashamed and they became aware of their nakedness and sin at this point came into the world and they took out a debt actually that, that they could not pay the wages of sin. The Bible says in Romans is death later on God, God, the father sends the second Adam Jesus to pay the price. That is such a good news for us today. But they ate the app. They, it wasn't an apple even. It was a fruit. If you think it was an apple, eh, the Bible says fruit. Um, but they ate the fruit and they then hid because they felt ashamed. They, they saw their nakedness. And God then in the cool of the day was walking, looking for them. That's because God is always the pursuer. He's always the pursuer. And Adam and Eve, they hid. Now, of course, you can't hide from God. God found them and Adam and Eve... Uh, told them that they were uh, afraid and they were naked. And, and God said, who told you that? Who told you you were naked? And of course, the snake, uh, the, it revealed because of sin, right? And so they tell God what happened and how they were deceived to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And God told them, because you ate the fruit, you're banished. You have to leave. You cannot come into this garden. But he also said this. 
And to the man he said, since you listen, this is Genesis 3, 17. And to the man he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, uh, whose fruit I command, commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles from, uh, for you. Though you will eat of its grain, by the sweat of your brow uh, will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made, from, for you were made from dust and to the dust you will return. So Adam and Eve then are sent out of the garden and from the garden they had to scratch a living. They had to toil in the fields. They struggled just to live. They had to work hard and struggle just to get by. And in contrast, from after they left to the garden to before when they were in the garden, this after was an awful life. The quality of their life drastically went down. I want to highlight something that in all the years of reading this story, this account, I, I had never seen until recently. I've been a Christian for like my whole life. I know this story. I've read it so many times. I've preached out of it even. But there was something that I saw recently and it just sort of highlighted on the page. Is this, is when Adam and Eve had discipline, specifically discipline to God's word and what God had said, they had a high quality of life. As long as Adam, when Adam and Eve had discipline to what God had said, that they had a high quality of life. They had purpose. They had provision. They had rest, a grace, a, a, a God empowerment for their purpose. Can I submit this thought to you? That maybe the only way, I believe the only way to raise the quality of life is through discipline. If you want to take, if you want to be physically healthy, you know, you need discipline to work out. Discipline not to eat all of your kids' Halloween candies. I did it this year. Um, you know, if you're always tired, to have discipline to go to bed early and not just do one more episode, one more episode, uh, just one more episode, right? If you want to grow in your relationship with God, discipline to make time to pray and dive into his word. You know, uh, to, to have a good, uh, healthy uh, work, like juggling, if you will, seesaw, whatever you want to call it, whatever term you want, but discipline not to overwork all the time or discipline even financially that will bring a quality of life. When Adam and Eve had discipline, their quality of life was high. But the snake came and said, your life will be better once you get this fruit. Right there, Adam and Eve had a choice. Maintain being disciplined following God's word or go for the fruit and the, the advertised better. That was the snake's pitch. Your life will be better when you have this fruit because you are going to be like God. It's going to be amazing. Your quality of life through the roof, through the roof. You know, 
This is similar to a choice that I believe you and I face daily. And it's not a matter of life and death, but it's a matter of quality of life. You have a choice to have discipline in the area of, fi of finances, money, the way God says, or to live by culture's message or culture's standard. And what do I mean by that? Because that's sort of vague. I believe that, you know, I see that in North American culture, it says that more will raise your quality of life. If you look at advertisements and the message behind the message is that this thing will raise your quality of life. This will make you happier. This will make you find purpose. This will, that quality of life it's going to go through the roof once you have this. The newest phone, this coffee, this house, this truck. Man, you're going you're gonna to be good. But now, I want to say, I'm not saying that any advertiser is a snake from the devil. I am not saying that, um, that these things are from the devil. I'm not saying that God does not want you to prosper and have things. Actually, God uh, delights in the prosperity of his servants. In Proverbs 10:22, it says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and adds no sorrow with it. God wants you to prosper. And I'm ex I personally, I'm excited when I see people blessed and thrive uh, in, in what God has for them. And more importantly, God wants to see you flourish and, thr and thrive. But here's what I am saying. Is many times culture tells us, advertisements tell us, to improve your life, get these things. Right? The bigger house, the newer truck, the newest phone, skip the dishes every night because there's going to be no dishes. Um, or let's be equal opportunity, Uber Eats, um, you know, that new TV, this vacation. Now, these things uh, will raise, will not raise your quality of life. They will raise your standard of life. These claims are, are, are false and misleading if it's saying that this will raise your quality of life. It will improve your standard of living, but not your quality of life. Now, many of us know this, but I think it helps to say it out loud. There's a big difference between your standard of living and your quality of life. You can raise your standard of living with spending and debt. You can raise... You raise your standard, uh, you, you raise your quality of life through discipline. If you want to increase your standard of living, you can purchase that. You can buy the nicer vehicle. You can buy the better items. You can get the, the bigger house or the better apartment. You know, you can get the monthly subscription boxes that come to your door and you don't even have to think about it. Um, you know, I, I, everybody operates this way. Like I operate this way. I no longer drive my 1992 Dodge Colt aerodynamic side panels, leopard print on the roof. It wasn't leopard print. It was rust. And the aerodynamic side panels were dense in the side door because before I bought it, I think they got T-boned, but it was my first car and it was 500 bucks. But I increased my standard of living by buying, uh, well, now a few more cars before that one, after that one, right? And I, I, I'm excited to see when people step into buying a house, purchasing. I think that's great. 
But know what? If you don't have money, you can also increase your standard of living through debt, through taking out loans, credit cards that you can, you can play now and pay later. But it's possible to raise one's standard of living at the detriment of the, quali of the quality of life. And this is something that I actually see quite a bit. This happens when, when one raises the standard of living with disregard for the financial disciplines God has said in his word. Now, it is also possible, and I believe God's best for you and I, to be disciplined in God's, God's way of handling finances to the point where your standard of living increases and, and you have a high quality of life. Uh, where you are disciplined in what God has and your standard of living increases not at the detriment of your quality of life. You know, the English word discipline comes from a Latin word uh, and it goes like this. It's disciplus. Uh, yeah, I, I was really good at Latin. Um, but it's the same root word where we get disciple. Discipline and disciple. And a disciple is someone who learns, follows, and is disciplined in the teaching of a teacher. So as Christians, we are called... We are not just called, we are commanded to be disciples of Christ. That is what a Christian is. To learn, follow, and to be disciplined in what God has said through his word. John 8, 31 says this. It says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. In order to be disciples, we need to get into God's word and see what he says so that we can put it into practice and know and be disciplined in what he says, including the area of finances and, and grow and grow in the discipline of how God says to operate in that area. And as we are disciples, ones who are disciplined in the ways that God has in the area of finances, know what will happen in the area of finances? Freedom. Because John, John 8, 32 says uh, that when you abide in, the, in his word, know what's going to happen? You're going to know the truth. And what's the truth going to do? The truth is going to set you free. So if you are disciplined in God's word, what his best is for you, that truth, his truth, the only truth will then bring freedom into that area of your life. I think that's good news. So if you're at the point today where you feel financially bound, that there are things when it comes to the area of finances or money, it feels like chains. It feels weighty. It feels like you are, the pressure is pulling you down. Can I say that's not God's best for you? But as well, that is not your final resting place. That there is a way where that, that is not the way God has designed it for you to live. He has something better and you don't have to stay that way. That you have the opportunity to get into God's word, 
see what he says, and then put those things into practice that will bring his freedom into your life. That it will bring his freedom into your life so that you can have what Jesus says in John 10.10. I've come and I've come to give you life and life to the full. Right? Because uh, have you ever read that and you felt, I don't see that. Can I say in whatever area of your life, but specifically for today in the area of finances, can it be you will see it as you are more disciplined in what God has said in his word. Now, I hope I'm not coming across any other way than this way to bring encouragement to you that God has got good plans for you and he's actually laid out a way, a pathway for you to operate in this way so that you can be free in this area and operate in the way that God has, not under the system of where the previous part of that scripture says the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but instead you can operate in how God has for you. You know, I, I was thinking of, uh, of this as I, was, as I was preparing. I was thinking of this movie. Now, I was looking back. This is like years ago movie. But do you remember The Matrix? Anybody who hasn't, Google it. I don't know. But uh, do you remember The Matrix? And like they just like plug them in and then they learn that skill. It's like they plug in, I know Kung Fu. Right? And, and uh, you know, uh, but the reality is not that. The reality is, if you want to know Kung Fu, you can't just do what the main character did, plug in and he knows it. There's actually, you have to have discipline. Learn from a teacher who will teach you so then you can say, I know Kung Fu. There is no spoon. That's not part of Kung Fu, but that's cool too. So we need to be willing uh, to allow God's word to teach us and refine us in this area and be able, be willing to go along the journey that God has for us because it's a progressive journey. One step followed by another step followed by another step so that we can learn the discipline, have the discipline of how God says to manage our finances because Jesus says this in John 10, 10, he says the thief only come, uh, the thief comes only in order to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in it, it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You know, this comes through fo uh, following, disciplining ourselves and being a disciple of Jesus. Because this is what he's come to give us, provide for us. Salvation for eternity, absolutely. But also a life to the full with him right here, right now, as we operate and follow how he would do things. So that we can enjoy the life that God has. So that we can enjoy the quality of life that God has for you. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be diving in into what God says practically about finances, how God says to manage our money, what God says about debt, how we can plan financially, what God says about uh, creating a fiscal margin in our life, and, and much, much more. Why? Because in order to be a disciple of Christ in this area, we need to know what he says, then take what we know and then apply it, live it out, 
taking one step, followed by another, followed by another. And as you do that, it will raise the quality of your life, the life that God has, has provided through Jesus, that Jesus says, I have life, a life for you to enjoy. And not only that, that it will enable you to, to walk in the plans, the purposes, and the call that God has on your life. Because if you are still breathing, it means God has a plan, a purpose for you. Because he's got good plans for you. And it is reached as we are disciplined or a disciple of Jesus. And as we do, we walk in freedom. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.